Well, good evening, uh, friends. It's so good to be together. Today, uh, we're going to have a little bit of a different typical Advent message. We have been in a year-long series going through the Bible, starting in Genesis, and making our way and reading our way through the full story of Scripture. And today, in, in, in connection with that, we remember that, that Advent, the word Advent itself means the coming. It's the arrival of somebody. And in, in the season of Advent, it's not just about joining with the angels and the shepherds and the wise men and anticipating the Savior. It's jumping into that anticipation as Christians and longing for Christ's second return. For when he will return and make all things Right, and so today, in this Advent season, we're gonna get a little taste of both of those. And as we do that, one tradition that we have here is we, before the sermon, we do the reading of God's word. I would invite you to grab a Bible or open it up on your, uh, on your, on your devices. If you're watching online, it's gonna be in Revelation chapter 19, verses 11 through 16. And if you could, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? Revelation chapter 19, we're going to be reading verses 11 through 16. It says, then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, and he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may have a seat. Would you pray with me? Lord, that chorus is just reverberating in my head. Here comes heaven. Lord, on this Christmas Eve, the eve of the time when we celebrate your birth, we celebrate your incarnation, God. Lord, I pray that tonight each of us would be able to experience your full revelation. Lord, that we would have that moment, maybe a reminder, maybe for the first time, of the incredible beauty, of the incredible power and wonder of Christmas. And also, the eager anticipation of your return. Lord, I know that we all come today from many different places and backgrounds and circumstances. And God, in only the way that you can, you can speak to each of us tonight. 
Lord, many of us have other festivities and things to, to go to, perhaps presents to wrap and things to prepare. I pray, Lord, that right now in this moment, we would be able to unplug from all the distractions, all the things that are calling for our attention, and we would be able to just listen to your word. We would be able to think about what you would have for us and our family. And Lord, as you light this place up with your light, I pray that you would light up our hearts. In your name we pray, amen. Have you ever had a moment of like full revelation? When all of a sudden you got it, maybe it's Christmas morning and you've been shaking that Christmas gift and you've been wondering what was inside it and then all of a sudden you open it and there's another gift inside it. I remember as a child going through this and my parents tricked me. They had a note in the middle of it that said go check somewhere else and there was a brand new bike. You guys ever have that happen to you? And what I thought was just like, a shoebox was a brand new bike. Maybe you've had that moment. Or maybe it was like you, you went, like just this past week, I got to go with my boys to see the new Spider-Man. Now, I'm not gonna give you any, teas any spoilers, but I'm gonna give you a teaser. In that movie, as we were watching it, if you're a Marvel fan like me, I highly recommend it. As we're watching the movie, there's this moment when all of a sudden, like it, it, there's this like full revelation and all, it's just this incredible moment very similar to some of the other movies, or if you're a, a Star Wars fan, these moments when all of a sudden, like things start to come together. Seems to me as we read from Revelation and as we think about the incarnation, and, as, and, and my prayer for tonight is that you would have one of those moments where we experience together the full revelation of Christ. This is what the book of Revelation is about. Now hear this, as you talk to scholars, as you talk to people who study the book of Revelation, the purpose of the book of Revelation is not about the apocalypse, it's not about figuring out you know, all of these other things. The very purpose of it is actually not revelations with an S, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. If you look at the very first verse in Revelation, Revelation chapter one, verse one, can you put that up on the screen for me? It says this, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. This is what this book is about. Now here on Christmas, I pray that this would, you would have a revelation about his return as we think about his first coming, we say the incarnation. Over the last year, as we've been making our way through the full story, we've been using icons, kind of like this, to illustrate all the parts of the story of scripture. We started with a blessing, and, and we started in, in the garden, and we made our way through the Old Testament into the New Testament, and we get here today, as we think about, in Revelation, the promise of the return of Christ. And so to help you understand this, uh, and to keep the sermon shorter, we have some icons to help you. The first thing that we learn in this passage about Christ's return, about how he will come back and return his second advent, is that he will be a trustworthy 
warrior and commander. He will be a trustworthy, he is a trustworthy warrior and commander. In the text it says that there's this moment when Christ returns that he will return on a white horse. This is vision, think like William Wallace. A warrior. Someone who is leading in to battle. So we have here on this gift, appropriately for Christmas, a white horse. We also see that he also will be a commander. It says a couple of verses later that he will lead the armies, that not only is he going to be a, a mighty warrior, but he'll also be a commander. You can tell I'm a big fan of Avengers, so we have one of the greatest commanders, Captain America here, kind of thinking about that, right? A warrior and commander, we have the blue icons here reminding us that when Christ returns, he is a warrior and a commander. Not just a warrior and a commander, but a trustworthy warrior and commander. It tells us in the text that he is righteous. It tells us in the text that that, that the saints who are following him are following him. Think about someone who you want to follow. When Christ returns, he will be a trustworthy warrior and commander. But not just that. When he returns and makes all things right, he will also be a transcendent king and judge. A transcendent king and judge. It says here, in verse 12, it says that his eyes are like a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems. These are words for crowns. And he has a a name written that no one knows but himself. I love this here because oftentimes when we think about Jesus, we often want to say who he's going to be. He's going to be this kind of king. He's going he's to rule in this way. This is what happened, as Jonathan alluded to, with the people as they were waiting for his coming. They were saying, he's going to come, and he's going to take out Rome. They didn't know he was coming to deal with something far bigger than Rome, something called sin. And here in this verse, it's telling us that only he knows his name. He, we use the word transcendent. This is above. It is beyond our understanding. But he's also a judge. It says that when Christ returns, he will judge. There will be judgment. There will be a reckoning. And this judgment, he will make all things right, good and bad. And so we see this here. We have a, in, in the black here, the transcendent king, an icon here, and then we have the judge, the scales here, all right? So Christ will be a trustworthy warrior and commander, a transcendent king and judge, and also a transforming word and authority. A transforming word and authority. So we have here an image of a, Speaking, word, and a throne. A word and authority, a transforming word and authority. Look at what it says here. Not only is this king of kings, this warrior, this commander, this transcendent king and judge as he's coming, all of this, it says he's clothed in a robe dipped in blood. Scholars believe that, when it's, that here he's talking about his own blood, his redeeming blood, his blood that he poured out on a cross. 
so that we could follow him and be with him. This is where the word transforming, his blood that transforms us, that deals with our sin and our struggle. And so he is a transforming word, and he's also a transforming authority. It says at the end here, on his robe, his thigh, his thigh, this is where his sword would be. If you're looking up, this will be the first thing you see. His name is written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so as we think about that, I hope right now you're a little overwhelmed with how big and all the big words and how mighty that is, and maybe this moment even feels a little transcendent to you. Because as we think about that, it's so fascinating to me that this is who Christ is. It's not who he will be, it's who he is. Scripture tells us he is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So why did he come as a baby? Why didn't he come and do this in his first coming? Why, here at Christmas, as we celebrate this mind-blowing truth that this is who Christ is, the second person of the Trinity, he came as a baby. Why well, it tells us in Isaiah that for, us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We see that, we anticipate that, and we wonder why he came. Why his, in his incarnation did he not come at least to a royal family? This is the beautiful beauty, the powerful beauty that he transcended to us, that he came to us in a manger. So much about a savior. Matthew 1, 23 says this. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. This is a quote of Isaiah. And they shall call his name what? Emmanuel. Which means God with us. See, God knew that our gift needed to be someone we could relate to, someone who could take it all on, who could be with us. And, and to me, this is so powerful. Because oftentimes when we think about Christmas, we focus so much on a baby and we focus so much on, 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 on the birth story and, and, and the wonderful beauty of that, but we miss like the paradox of also who Jesus is, that he came as a baby to a cradle to go to a cross. And so as we think about this, as we think about the darkness that is in our world, we remember from John 1, verse nine, that says, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own people, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. See, church, 
This is where the first coming and the second coming meet. As we think about who Christ is, this is who he is. He is this gift. This is the person who says, I am with you, okay? Now the challenge for many of us, hear this, in a dark world, in even the own darkness of our hearts, is we look at this gift and we stay away. And it's like Christmas morning, you, sh- you go and you see this beautiful gift. I did not wrap it if it was a beautiful gift. And we look at them and we say, those are such wonderful gifts. And we leave them there. The incarnation says this. It tells us that Christ is the light of the world and this is who he is, but we are invited in to this, right? So we are to open uh-oh, up the gift. Look at that. Now, I'm not going to start disco ball dancing, okay? I wanted this to happen because I wanted us to feel this full revelation, a disco ball. What I love about it is this this beautiful ball, and there's all these different angles, all these different mirrors that reflect light. And this is who Christ is. He is so much bigger, so transcendent. And for some reason in the incarnation, he comes to us. And he gives us his light through his work on the cross, through his perfect life, his blood that was shed for us, and we are invited to reflect that light. And we are invited to to open up that gift, and someday he will return on a white horse. Someday he will return as the trustworthy warrior and commander, as the transcendent king and judge, as the transforming the transforming power. But here's the thing I'd like you to think about. In that moment when Christ returns, scripture tells us, think about this, picture this. You see him on the white horse and check this out. You know him. You know him. He's not a far off warrior. This is the first time you've known him. He's not some judge sitting far away, and you're wondering if he will judge rightly. He's not a king who rules way far away from a throne. No, he is the one who came to us as a baby. He is the one who depended on his mother Mary to nurse him and feed him and grew up as a carpenter. He is the one who traded his carpentry for a cross. He is the one who on this day, you and I are invited to pray to, to talk to, who yes, we say, you are my savior, you are my king, and you can be my friend. Do you not see the beauty of Revelation 19 and Christmas? Do you not see that as we think about his return, that when Christ returns, we know him. He's not a stranger. I believe it will blow our minds and it'll be so much more beautiful. Maybe something, maybe this is a little taste of that. It wasn't what I expected. 
And my encouragement to you on this Christmas is when Christ returns, that you would know him. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. When Christ returns as king and judge, he will make all things right. And may we be a people this Christmas that continue to grow and share that light with the world. Amen? May we be a people that in a few moments as we light these candles and every single one of your candles is lit from what we call the Christ candle, a candle what we call the faith candle because we believe in faith in Christ. He is the object of our faith. And as we light up this room, as we sing Silent Night, as we look around and see the very light of Christ shining, may that be a picture of his power in your homes, in your workplaces, at your Christmas parties tomorrow, in your sleep, in your dreams, in your darkness, in your grief, in your pain, in your questions, in your doubt, may that light truly shine. So I'm gonna pray. And then I'm gonna start, we're just gonna naturally, Pastor Doug and I will just start lighting up this room. And I would invite you, remember on the candles, if you have the lit candle, you hold your candle like this, and the other people light it like this. You don't wanna burn the place down. Let's pray. Jesus, Advent faith says, you are the gift that we have received. I pray, Lord, on this day, I pray, Lord, that this beautiful, incredible gift that we anticipate, God, this gift that is wrapped up in your kingship and your judge and your power, your redemption, I pray, Lord, that that would not be a far-off promise, but that would be experienced in your presence in this place. We believe you are here. We believe you are with us. We believe you are for us, and I pray, Lord, as we sing together on this Christmas Eve, I pray, Lord, as we look at these candles, I ask, Lord, that you would speak into every soul here. I pray that we would be able to have this intimate moment with you, where you speak into our hearts, but also we would be able to have this intimate moment with each other, where we sing of your glory and we sing of a silent night. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.